Hey, welcome to the intermission. My name is Teague Christie. I'm sitting here with Brian William Fandifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi. Eddie the Eddie Doty. Mouthful. And Seth Brower is over here again. Hey, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about, uh, as per Owen Ward in the Downer Front chat room suggestion, uh, best bad movies. Uh, I don't like bad movies, so... Yes, you do. I do? Oh, you like uh, Phantom Menace, okay. you like Wild Wild right, West, right. you like Tron Legacy. <laughs> then we should, dis- we should, we should clarify. Um, movies that are, I think the intention is, at least I, I know this is what came to my mind, is where a movie is like, oh, I love it because it's so awful. I don't have that at all. I do not have that in my body. I don't have... Uh, insert bad movie here, Birdemic or The Room or whatever it is. I don't go, dude. I love it because it's so awful. Like I, I, my irony is not that strong. I guess I don't know what it is. Your irony foo. My irony foo is not that strong. There's a lot of bad movies I like. We just did a commentary of a Tron Legacy, but um, like the the ones that are like, oh, that movie sucks. Yeah, let's watch that. I don't I don't have that so much. Do you Do you all have a Do, do all three of you have that? Yeah. No, yeah. For different reasons. I mean, I was saying this earlier. Uh, I think that there's a difference between just genuinely being charmed by a movie that you recognize is bad and, and just but it has a personality and a charm all of its own and you appreciate that like Bloodsport the Jean-Claude Van Damme 1989 classic I have not seen one Jean-Claude Van Damme movie it's, <laughs> it, any of them could go under this any list of them, Time Cop literally all of my Jean-Claude Van Damme I love Time Cop yeah I, love I mean Time Cop. Time Cop actually has like a, a plot in we a both story. said Time Clop Time Clop <laughs> yes we did I don't know why <laughs> we did it yeah, exactly. this is what 7-Eleven does to you kids it's Eddie a, says a, Time Clop and Dorkman's like I love Time Clop <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing it's a, it's the a, it's a one about the horse the <laughs> right. family movie about the horse the time traveling horse the time traveling horse who solves crimes I want to draft on my desk by 6 p.m. <laughs> Greenlit, um, go. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a difference between that and something like The Room or Birdemic, which I will talk about in, in detail later. Yeah. That is You're less... saying there's a difference between Bloodsport and The Room? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. Bloodsport is, yeah. is competently yeah. made. It's just got a point of view that's sort of like, really? Wow, you, okay. Whereas, that's like, a choice you made. That's a, okay. that's a choice, but hey, you, you are committed to that choice, and but, uh, that it, is the movie you wanted to make, and it just happens to be weird. Birdemic is like staring into the mind of... Um, a person who says yes, that's acceptable when it's clearly not. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. Now there it's might be acceptable, a... but brilliant. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you might you need know. to. We might need to, in that case, make a distinction and say Absolutely. that one resides from the other because there are your birdemics and your the rooms, which are and, and uh, which are in the in the realm of. I cannot believe a human did this. Yes, yes. <laughs> level yes. awe, right? And, and and I I have I have a good time with those. I guess there's none that i like like i I don't have like a a relationship with any of those movies like i love that movie right um and there's also movies that are like wild wild west like where it's like this is made by people it's just retarded yeah it's bad that's that's that that i think those are easier to slip into grandfather wise into a fandom they have more replay value you know like Howard I mean? the Duck for Brian. Exactly, and that's as we talked about in the Howard the Duck commentary. It's that's probably that's definitely my number one. And it's, but it it is that for me because as I discussed in that commentary, it's a grandfather clause aspect. Where when I watched it when I was five years old, I didn't know any better. I what when I watched it when I was five years old, it wasn't an ironic appreciation of Howard the Duck as right. It was just a, a movie bad movie. It was just a movie that I loved as a five year old. Now that has matured into the defense that I have for it now, which is an ironic one. But you. In the chat, Kyle Monroe came up with an interesting thingy. Maybe what we're talking about is two things. Maybe we're talking about good, bad movies, and also bad, good movies. 
Maybe those are two different. No, Birdemic things. is not a good. There's nothing good about Birdemic at all. But I we're th- talking about no. He's ta- he's, the no, the good is different. There is. I think the actual distinction is movie because I think <laughs> Howard the Duck. Legitimately, like Howard the Duck qualifies as a movie. It's a bad movie, and so Wild Wild West the same. It's a bad movie, but it. It's a movie. It's, it's a movie. People are doing things, and there's you can't emotions. take that yes. away from it. The, I don't. Th- I <laughs> this is, this is going to sound really harsh, but I don't think things like The Room and Birdemic even rise to the level of no. being defined as a movie. No, they are. It's they like, happen to be captured on film, but they're not a movie. Yeah, it's like go. it's like a Fenneman saying like that. That's not even wrong. It's like yeah. Birdemic <laughs> is not even a movie. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's. We're you ta- can we're like talking a bad about, like, movie. But movies that you can are like real movies that you like, even though they're, they're bad. bad. And then there's movies that are so bad you like them because they're awful. Yeah, so because movies they're that are like so they're an installation. They're like yeah. performance art. But let's also let's yes, also they're like yeah. perfor- yeah. the room is totally performance it is. art. It really it's like I, is. It's like you're saying, you know, I can't when when a movie rises to the level of I can't believe somebody at this actually happened. I, somebody woke right. up day after day and made this right. coffee and bagels movie. The coffee and bagels movie. That's performance art. Yeah, it is. I, and and things like that actually I I haven't seen because I haven't been in New York. But <laughs> like the Spider Man musical oh, is a pa- yeah. is is literally like. It has been like an installation. <laughs> People are so excited; they're killing themselves to get tickets and stuff because it's such a disaster. Right. And they want to see what. As far as the next. bottom line goes, is the same thing. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's there's like producers, you know. It's like you know, you can make more money on a bad, produ- a bad musical. It's like being. It's like <laughs> if you were able to buy a front row seat to the Hindenburg explosion or Titanic. It's like you're right. not. You're not going because you care about blimps or. You boats. can't help the people <laughs> in what's happening. You can just watch. You can yeah. just, right. You can just watch the. They won't know you're there. No one will judge you. you. Do you want to see watching the Titanic? You can't help them. You can just watch. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like watching the OJ trial because they tend to go on for a long time, and there there is sort of interesting stuff to figure out. Like like and when I watch, I did a live tweet of of, of Birdemic, and one of the things I kept wondering was, <laughs> I still love the fact that you did that, and the next like the next day you tried Last Airbender. And you made I didn't it make it twenty through. minutes. I did. You did the entirety of Birdemic, and you couldn't make it. Through. The great thing was you just like because something came up, right? You, you, but basically, you disappeared asleep. from Twitter. Okay, I fell you asleep. And Mike and was, I was legitimately like, concerned. Someone needs to check on him. He was. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I think, I think it was too much. Does anyone have his wife's cell phone number? It kind of was. I think it was my wife was out of town. I didn't have a baby. There was no, like, emergency poop diaper things I had to take care of. I just, I got to the point where the dragon in Last Airbender was like, you're part of the destiny. And I, and I just literally, that was my last live tweet where I said, so the dragon's telling him about, like, I typed that out. And that was it. That was and done. And then the last that was tweet like was hours like. hours and hours later when you finally got back Because I it. paused. Like, after 12 minutes, I had to pause. And then I had to do take care of everything that took all of forty seconds, and I'm like, "All right, time, time to s- start." <laughs> and then something, you know. And then I read a book, and then uh, and then I came back to it. It was just, but Man, I'm so looking forward to it. the diff for that. I really, it's uh, gonna be great, yes. and I have to be in on it. Now. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so we're talking now. We're talking about two different things, like the Last Airbenders, the the Wild Wild Wests, the Howard the Ducks, but there's and the Birdemics, the but, Rooms, the uh, but there's, there's also almost like a. A, a, a three tier thing because there's the there's the movies that people made and spent serious money on and are bad. There's coffee and bagels movies. Yeah, there are the movies somewhere in the middle where it's like that's not that's not bad, yeah, but what... I'm not sure quite what that is. Right, right. But it's like interesting and charming, and I think I like it, but I don't know. Well, uh, I, I, I think c- I think Rocky Horror would fall in. Yeah, this. yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that's camp. I Rocky, guess. Rocky, Rocky Horror. Camp Rocky Horror is one and of the most baffling movies I can think. And of. And Slipstream. The the one that came to mind when we were talking about this the subject Slipstream is Slipstream. So boring though. It is pretty boring. Never uh, seen it. The only movie that I have in my life where it's like I like it because of its negative qualities mm. 
is Slipstream, which if you if speaking of Tron, it was directed by Mark Lisberger, John Mark <laughs> Steven Lisberger, Steven Lisberger, one of those fucking biblical names. Steven Lisberger <laughs> is, is Steven biblical? Jonah. I don't I don't know. It might maybe be. it's old 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 boring name. Jesus Lisberger. Right, and um, it was right after Return of the Jedi, so it's the guy who just made Tron and Mark Hamill going. All right, right here's our next thing, and. God. Well, Corvette cool. Summer, Mark Hamill has sort of a history. And Robbie Coltrane's in it. Muldoon from Jurassic Park is in it. But they hang out in hot tubs, and they're naked, and they're robots, and they fly around yeah. on paragliders. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what we were talking about before. I think Rocky Horror is probably closer to like the room. If you if you just take away the cultural phenomenon and stuff, it's like what the oh, fuck is no, this? Well, Actually, no, no, it's no, got great music. I agree. Though. I agree. It's I got great music though. Here's where I here's where I disagree because I think there's. For for me, there's movies that most everybody agrees are bad, but has its defenders as a good movie, like uh, Matrix uh, Revolutions. Or even Phantom Menace. Even, yeah, Phantom Menace, so. exactly. Then there's movies that everyone agrees is bad, but they're fun, and so they have like a okay. sentimental value, like Howard the Duck, Bloodsport. All of John the Claus, nuts and menace, the nuts and menace, yeah, all of those, all of these movies that but people, I, but I don't, like like Bloods. You brought up Bloodsport. I don't think Bloodsport is bad. It's a little bit silly, it's but silly. it's a perfectly okay. decent movie. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I um, would say okay, Master of the Flying Guillotine. Like okay. it's it's. I was I was going to say a lot of Jackie Chan, right, a lot of right, those right, kinds right. of movies. Those, but are then, in the, but that realm, but yeah. when you get to Birdemic and the Room, those are just incompetent. Yeah. Meaning that yeah, right. okay, we're not hearing anything now because no one's speaking, and on Final Cut Pro or iMovie or rock and scissors, whatever they cut this on, they literally just took out any audio where no one was speaking. That is incompetence. That is the height of incompetence. <laughs> and that is what makes it bad. The room, um, there's that one long shot where he parks across the street, walks into the florist, and then it's all best ADR. In the movie. It's <laughs> all ADR. The and it's movie. just like, hello, flowers. Yes, you're my best customer. Leave. Yeah. Like that's, that's the height of incompetence, and it's great. Uh, it's it's great. It's amazing to watch because that's what I'm saying. It's it's peering into the eyes of a sociopath. And, yeah. And my and, and one of my one of my other favorite bits is when when uh, the the chick is trying to seduce the guy and he's like flowers, candles, music. What is this? I'm like, what music is he talking about? Right. Can he hear the soundtrack? Right. She didn't put on any music. Oh, <laughs> there's my, no music playing. Mine easily is the old woman. It's the cancer. Like it's yeah. it's. I mean, it's just, definitely cancer. cancer. Yeah. It's, and it never comes up again. <laughs> Where and whereas and, and, and that's just the kind of guy he is. Bit cancer on the mantle. The thing, the thing, the the thing, the thing about Birdemic that was what made it so bad from from neck to nuts was that it opened with like a shot driving in the one hundred and one through scenic Half Moon Bay, California. Which, by the way, people check out Half Moon Bay. But uh, it's driving through, and it's just like a handheld shot inside of a camera. It literally looks like a home movie while credits roll for two minutes straight. That sort of thing, or the sort of thing where. You know, every time it cuts to somebody else as they deliver their line of dialogue, you can clearly tell the actor is standing there waiting for someone to yell action, and they just cut out the audio of the setup. Right. You know, and they left that in. Like, it's just, or, or the fact that no one's mic'd, and they use the camera bound mic for all the scenes. So, therefore, the second somebody walks five feet away from the camera, you can't hear them anymore. Things like that is what makes it. Incom- now let's talk about. Here's this. A, I, well, I wanted to. I wanted to um, ask a thing, and maybe yours is more interesting to start with. But hopefully, we get to this. What about movies? The, the nowadays, the postmodern thing of deliberately making a. Bad I was going to talk about right. that. Wasn't my thing, but I was going to bring that up later. I. The, I have seen that work exactly once, mm-hmm. like snakes on a train or snakes on a plane or snakes on a plane. Yeah, I think snakes on a plane. Well, the snakes on a plane discovered what it, it, relatively deliberately too, aren't they? Well, not that's that's the weird. That's <laughs> well, what's that's, so that's, hard to figure out about the asylum because it's from working at the asylum. 
sometimes it feels like that's what they are, what they're doing on purpose, and other times it feels like a complete accident. My supposition, my conjecture is that they they just started making movies and were really bad at it, and eventually fell into the snakes on a train thing. Uh-huh. And the I think actually War, War of the Worlds World came, came yeah. before that. I think it might have been Transmorphers might have been the first like falling into that world of it. And then everybody was like, oh, these are so ironically postmodernly bad. And Asylum went, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. And that's what Tommy was doing with The Room now. He says he didn't Exactly. Oh, yeah. It was it. deliberately, it was a dark comedy. It's like, no, no, no. you were This serious. is another thing where there, uh, a, a road diverged in the conversation talking about what Mike was talking about. Intentionally doing that. Where I think Asylum is intentionally doing the... Well, they, well, they uh, know wait, they wait, can get look, away with I, it. I can do it. I can do it. I, intentionally doing the Wild Wild West Howard the Ducks. Intentionally doing those. When you brought that up, I was thinking intentionally doing the right, rooms. Right. No, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, I think nobody at, at the asylum, probably what it is, is they don't care if they make it bad, and if they accidentally make it good, who's going to fucking complain? You know? So so they're just I, like, whatever, we're just going to do know. whatever. It's weird. Well, it, Trey can talk about it better, but he was... Uh, Moby Dick was, is so much better. Moby Dick is still a terrible movie, but it's so much better than what they normally do. And it was it was kind of like everybody was surprised. Like, wait, this is... This is almost too good for what we do. This this may not work for. This isn't in our wheelhouse. Yeah, asylum art house. Pe- people aren't going to know that this is asylum because it almost kind of makes sense and is fun. Mm-hmm. Or is oh, it, a fate worse than death. It's it's very it's it's almost schizophrenic in the way that sometimes they they feel like they know they're in that world, and other times they and um, it it also depends on who you're specifically referring to. Because I mean the 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 rank and file. Okay. Everybody knows on the rank uh-huh. and file. Everybody knows exactly what they're what they're doing. Right. What I was going to talk about is let's let's bring up. I was saying like Grindhouse or something like that. Exactly. Well, I think Grindhouse. Charming. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I had to <laughs> do with the calculations. Grindhouse is trying to be an incompetent film that happened to be awesome. Asylum is trying to be a competent film that sucked. Right. It, well, well, Grindhouse. Grindhouse is being a a. It's, it's being, basically the the, the 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 distinction is that you you like it for its badness as a result of it being incompetent. Or it being competent and bad, but yeah, it's, two it's one camps. of these. It's right. but they're de- they're deliberately going. Grindhouse okay, is aiming for guys am, who couldn't make movies. Yeah, in the 70s. I am intentionally right. trying to make a movie like the people who didn't know how to make movies in the seventies. And then underneath right. that, you kind of inflate this bubble. You kind of do this little like you know sort of groundswell of awesome underneath it. Yeah, yeah but at the end of the day, it's still... But it's trying to be in the trappings of that. It's still Rodriguez and Tarantino, who are both very talented filmmakers, and so there's some right. of that is still going to bleed they have through. A vocabulary, I had yeah. not considered that when I answered earlier, and I said I can only think of one. But the only one I've, I've seen, and it's uh, obscure, it'll be on the upcoming Zero Friends Films DVD. Go to zerofriendsfilms.com to buy the DVD of the stuff that we've been working on. But this group of people that uh, isn't part of Zero Friends specifically the group of people that i've I've worked with repeatedly we do uh, short films and ads and things like that um but it's on the dvd so it's like guys in the group that did a thing by themselves and then we threw that on the dvd too where it's this imagine if a and just go with me on this imagine if a art supply company had a proprietary industrial video showing the employees of that company how to illustrate to the patrons of the company here's what this thing does right got me Mm -hmm. Done in 1981 with like your like blown out Chiron thingy right. on the screen and that kind of thing, and the guy making it is a sociopath. <laughs> the guy is insane and Hungarian. Now they're trying to put a lot of things into one thing, and you think the result is awful, but when your intention is awful, it, this thing was cracking me up. And I wish I could just say it's on YouTube. Check this out. 
But in any case, you know, that another great one that's an example of that is Black Dynamite. Well, yeah, Black, Black Dynamite, Dynamite does that so good, so good, and it totally loses its mind in the third oh, act. Oh yeah, completely loses I its think mind. I might have actually seen Black Dynamite, but there are great, there are great uh-huh. moments where like it doesn't cut early enough. So like there's there's one moment where like this chick is smoking a cigarette and she says something dramatic, and then she's like. Like just just it's just little moments like that. The the absolute best example of that is not a movie at all, but a TV show uh, aired on uh, Channel Four in England, and it's called uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And if and if you, (gasps) I've seen that. I showed it to you. That's where I saw it. <laughs> I know. But basically, if that you watch- That was the best declarative conversation if, ever. If you watch the original British Office, there was a guy who played like the IT specialist in season two. It's his show, and the it's such a weird concept. The idea is that he plays this guy named Garth Marenghi, who is like a very bad Stephen King knockoff. Yes. Who, who has written more books than he's read. And he has uh, that, and he says that, and so, and he makes like the, and he starts off every episode by reading from one of his books, and it's amazing. Um, you know how bad Dean Koontz is? Yeah, like it's 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 like the worst. Like he's got <laughs> Sorry, like Dean. a bookshelf filled with. I've never read. I've never read Dean Koontz. It's not that bad. It's, it's, just, it's not that bad. It's just, it's it's just sort of like yeah. Stephen yeah. King problem. Anyway, just so real, bad, real quickly, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. He, um, the idea is that back in 1984, he got the green light to do a series that he called. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and he played, he wrote, starred, directed, produced, and did the score for the show, uh, the Garth Marenghi character, where he works, he's a doctor at a haunted hospital. and It's like that Stephen King miniseries. They and so, and so yeah. the show is basically him saying, and only now in 2004, in the worst creative drought in the history of British television, are we now showing Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And he's proud of it. He's proud to like whip the reels out. It's a great and, character. And, and throughout the show... There'll be interviews with cast members now, and like his publisher, he got his publisher to play like his boss, and it's just it, watch it. You can watch all of it on YouTube. It's amazing. They play it on Adult Swim sometimes, but that's like the another sort of example of, of uh, that sort of self-referential meta intention. But, that, but that's, Adult Swim but is that's the first time else. I saw I mean, the that. Room. Sounds like there's a, a frame of, of commentary onto it, as opposed Absolutely. to something that's satirical. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, like the one satirical. I was talking about. Yeah. That, that was as intentionally to, bad. Yeah, we should probably start as talking as about intentionally a, bad movies and what they. Are. Yeah, like as what, opposed to Grindhouse or Planet yeah. Terror, where this, you know, as we talked about in Planet Terror commentary, it's not, it's not trying to deconstruct the Grindhouse and and take Reproduce those tropes it, yeah. and and show you how these tropes really work, the mechanics of them. It's just giving you those tropes. Now, for, did you have one more thing? Or no, were you? Go ahead. We have uh, we have about nine, uh, eleven minutes left. We're nineteen minutes in. Let's oh, talk about. We still got time. Yeah, yeah to actually ma- name the movies we like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I thought we had a pretty good list. Going yeah, here. Can... I wanted to talk about why do we like that? Obviously, it's fun. It sometimes it's funny to get like the weird eye view into. So this these are the colors that Tommy Wiseau sees, huh? Yeah, right. He thinks this is exactly the same as Titanic. Okay, that's sure. But like the ones that are like. I, well, I think there's a level uh, with, with stuff like the room. At the same time, why there's do you a like le- that? There's a level of human cruelty in it. There's <laughs> there, a level there of is. being like, yeah, fuck well, those if, guys. They're retarded. You if know, we're well, getting to that level. Yeah, let's be honest. If, if we're not, if we're not getting <laughs> well, to quite that level, though. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, was if we're say, getting to the wild, wild west level, then that's right. that's a different thing. My my favorite bad movie of all time that every, people can agree is unilaterally bad is is Master of the Flying Guillotine. And it's a kung fu movie from the 70s, and it's part of the – it's actually the merging of two characters of the, the one-armed boxer series and the flying guillotine series. And they collided it together, and, and directed by Jimmy Wang Yu, and it's just this weird collision of characters and circumstances. It's a martial arts tournament, and there's a guy who has a flying guillotine. They, some of the things that they do just make me laugh. Like, their, like their choices just – they make me laugh, which therefore makes me happy. Give an example. The, okay, for instance, there is a character literally named Win Without a Knife, Wayakuma. 
how does he win his first fight? With a knife. And sure enough, he's fighting, and then all of a sudden this little pop-out knife pops out. And then our hero, the guy we're – our hero, the one-armed boxer goes <gasps> – so he has a knife. Very clever indeed. Like it's just you can't help but laugh at it. He he kills. He there's Amazing. like there's one of the one of the characters. Uh, one of the henchmen is a Thai boxer from Thailand, and he walks around barefoot and he kicks everybody's ass. And the one armed boxer has to figure out a way to to kill him. He lures him into a house, slams the door shut, has all of his friends surround the house with spears by the windows. Then he lights the crawl space underneath the house on fire. So that the barefoot guy is like trying to fight him, going, ah, oh, God, shit. Like he's just jumping around. And then it's funny, but then it goes on for like five minutes straight of him, just this poor guy in agony. And he like throws a cake and he's like crying. He's like, oh, God. And then he falls down and the guy like steps on him. And it's just so ridiculous. You can't help but like laugh at it. And, uh, and then in the very end, it, it, the, the silly movie with silly effects, he fights the, the, the master of the flying guillotine. He fucking throws an axe into his chest. Punches it through and then uppercuts him through the roof and he lands in a coffin. <laughs> how, how can convenient. you not? How can you not? Well, they fight. They they end the fight and because he's the master of flying guillotine is blind, so to trick him, he takes him into a birdhouse, like Dude, where there's spoilers. a bunch of birds. Whatever, um, <laughs> where there's a bunch of birds, and then that happens to be next door to a coffin maker. Um, so, I mean, how can you not be charmed by that? Like, how can you not like look at that and just go, "This is so preposterous and absurd." You know that is not funny. That's not. That's not. You know, I've been getting away on that card for years <laughs> until you started a podcast about why yeah. movies work. Right. Exactly. And then it was. <laughs> then it was like, oh, you don't get this at all. Uh, I think. I think really what it boils down to is movies when they're when they're done right, they have a certain and I don't know any other magical, word for it. Magical transforming. I was gonna. I was gonna say kineticism, but that's al- almost as meaningless of a description. <laughs> but it's really just movies have a certain sense of of movement to them. And if that movement strikes you in a particular way, I mean, the, the example to use is star Wars is really a bad movie. Yeah. It's objectively the, the writing is terrible. The performances performances are terrible for the the most part is hacked together from old stories. It's a really bad movie, but it move. It has this sense of movements that it just is. I don't know. It's there's something, uh, you're really distracting when you do that. You know that. I know, but it's <laughs> funny because it makes you sound whimsical yeah. and distracted at the same time. Yes, there, there's something in the sense of like it just it just grabs you and it it goes it goes at <laughs> light speed, <laughs> uh, and it takes you along with it. And it's like okay, and I think yeah, you know, some movies elsewhere have that. says objectively shut up, Brian. Yeah, objectively. No, yes. The the other day we were talking about um, uh, we were talking about Tron Legacy and and how they don't use the on the on the forums how they don't use the uh, the light cycle they make a big deal out of right right the fastest light, light cycle on the they, grid they put the light cycle on the mantle yeah and then they, don't. And then they were like and it'd be like if the falcon they just used it to get from point a to point b <laughs> right, and that yeah. was it and i was like yeah that would totally be what they would do today like they would get the falcon they'd be like thanks han they get there before alderaan blew up right. and then that's why the empire would come after alderaan and then the fight would actually be to protect alderaan and i was like i'm gonna stop because that's actually that I that's, could convince myself that's better, and I'm just right. going to stop now. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I, you know, I would I would also submit this. Like we all know how hard it is to make any kind of movie, right? Yeah. Any kind of movie, and 
I mean, we put ourselves like artists by and large tend to be insecure about their craft. So when you start going over the idea of the beginnings of a story in your head, a lot of times you have that voice going, "Oh, this is bad. Oh, I shouldn't do this." And and if not, then you it's have the friends who don't have that voice, right? And so that that's why. The there you so go. that's why it's they don't true. have that voice, and they're just unapologetically movie. And and that's and they just vomit it out into the world. For the expansion of this thought, listen to the deathbed rant by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> no, High five, just, God, boom. <laughs> well, just like and they vomit it out into the world, and then they they but the the effort that goes in to supporting that vision all the way through. It takes, you know, it, it's, you, you it's, find that the, the oftentimes people that succeed in life generally, but specifically in, in filmmaking in the movie industry are people that can just go out there with the full force of every shred of confidence they have right. with really no self doubt and go, this thing is going to be awesome and you should give me money for it. Right. And it's that confidence Steve that comes jobs. Okay. And it, that confidence that comes across, and people go, "Okay, well, he sounds like he knows what he's doing." Check, and it, but, but you know, sure, yeah. Hopefully, you're a little more complex of a person than that, and have a little bit of like, "Is this actually right?" Okay, let me make sure this is right before I go out into the world. They've done some but, interesting, uh, like Jungian personality studies, talking about how the people who tend to be dictators and the people who tend to be creative visionaries are the same personality type. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no really. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. It's it's the people. It, it's there's the, that Facebook uh, picture going around with like what six, what people think success looks like, and it's a straight line. What people what success actually looks like, it's it's, it's, it's a, a, a squiggly yeah. line. It's the people that can just go full force and go down that squiggly line mm-hmm. without any kind of question and just like, oh, well, I fucked up. Okay, never, whatever. Next thing. Well, they're also the ones who go, I didn't fuck up. You fucked up. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. There's, yeah. I mean, there's a sense yes, of delusion absolutely. and megalomania that goes yeah. along with this. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that, that really quickly. There, there's one. Awful, awful, awful movie um, <laughs> that no one here awful, has seen awful, or awful, will awful ever mess. see, and I wish they could. And um, no, uh, <laughs> back in 2000, I was uh, my friend Kim was in this uh, part of this theater group that they were doing a theater production of the Bakai, which is a Euripides classic Greek whatever, and uh, they were doing a film version of it inspired by Titus Andronicus in the sense that it was going to be what? the the film <laughs> Julie Taymor's film version oh, of Titus. Okay. In the sense that it was all, you know, modern day production design. I thought it was going to be a Greek Shakespeare mashup. Well, thing. and the idea that the way what Julie Timor did with Titus was that, and and with the the Tempest now is that she, you know, the, kept the text and the story the same, but updated the production design and mm-hmm. the the look to be contemporary. Um, they did this with the Bakai, and uh, right after she told me she was in this, and the idea of the Bakai is that it's basically forty naked chicks giving birth to the avatar of Dionysus as he fights somebody, like roughly, you do, like you do. They shot it on prosumer level. Mythology. <laughs> they shot it on prosumer level DV cameras, circa 2000, um, th- and there was all theater folks who didn't know anything about cinema directing this behind the camera. Nice. And the girl I was dating at the time was one of part of the chorus. So I'm like, hey, forty naked chicks in the forest, I'm in. And then I went and saw it, and it was every bad cliche about independent film at the turn of the millennia, all rolled into one. I mean, just bad. I mean, was not even, suicide on the set. No, uh, <laughs> uh, my relationship with that girl didn't survive, but, uh, but, and, and partial because of that, but no, it was just, it was a, it was such a bad, bad movie. And there's something to be said about indie film of that time. That is just so insufferable. And like, you almost want to applaud how bad it is, you know, like you just want to like, just encourage that level of stupidity. Go back and pinch its cheeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there, there are a couple it, movies on Netflix that I checked out. There was one called The Man from Earth, which was very just... I still want to check that out. Yeah. I remember your blog post about yeah, that. Yeah, I but. only got halfway through. And also a movie called Ink that's really like popular and also awful. 
and and I could only get halfway through. So if you make it all the way through, you let me know. On Netflix, if you can check out Thanks Killing, you'll have a, oh you'll have a good time with that one too. Oh, uh, Pumpkin no, Thanks Carver. Killing is is amazing. I uh, you just showed a little bit of it, and I was I remember I was watching it, and it was it's about it's like Jaws but with a turkey basically, and right. it's like this little rubber puppet. But the, and then uh, the turkey started talking, and I was like, that is the limit. That <laughs> that's where I I What's am the off one the where train. The tire is just going around rubber. killing rubber. rubber rubber rubber. That's pretty good. Though. Yeah, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Pumpkin yeah. Carver is sort of uh, my gold standard of Sherlocky horror uh, Halloween stuff. It's it's a a guy who's the the pumpkin carver. He's like the killer of that. It actually features a drunk dude taking a pee out in the forest, gets beheaded by the killer, head falls to the ground, pees in his own mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, it is the most aggressive credit sequence I've ever seen after they reveal who the killer is they'll run credits and then periodically the dude's face will appear on screen like I'm next to you and then that and they'll just, it'll just move on like every 30 seconds he just taunts your face and it's it's awesome we have about a minute left another good one I just want to put out there and I, I don't think anyone disagrees that's seen it but Killer Clowns from Outer Space I love Killer Clowns from that Outer movie. Space but so and, much and it's so weird because it's like they're not trying to do a bad movie they've just they've just accepted that they've got an absurd premise and they're running with it, but otherwise they're making. I haven't seen it in a while, movie. but I, I remember having the impression that we, yeah, we're doing this, like we're making yeah. that kind of a movie. We're making that kind. We're, we're making we're making we're, a scary movie, but they're clowns, so like it's yeah. silly, and they yeah. have silly devices and stuff, but it's still they're scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And that and that's a that's a key distinction to make is like a, a good a good bad movie still has value in it some in in yeah. some way shape or form like. In Rocky Heart, it's still the musical sequences are still a blast and it's fun. Killer Clowns from Curry. Outer Space, yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a bad, absurd, weird movie. But there's still moments where you go, I'm I'm a little freaked out right now, and I think that's, everyone remembers the crazy straw. <laughs> that's that's a moment. I remember the, all the cotton candy pods yeah, yeah, yeah. that when they're walking through those. Anyway, I just like how their spaceship was a fucking circus tent. Yeah. Anyway, we only have now we have less time, so Sorry, we don't really Phil. have time to go into this. I was gonna say, we we would be remiss if we didn't say the words Mystery Science Theater three thousand real quick. Sure. Just because I do think that that's had an impact on how people I think how it, people I, enjoy. I, I think yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think it Ironically, gave people yeah. a ticket to go. Oh, you're supposed to do this, and then they're fun. Yeah. And that even though that's not an intentional form of inten- entertainment by the people who made the film. That's what makes it's, it it's fun. A, it's a viable right. form of entertainment. It's sure. like you, if you think yeah, of think gam- right. if you think of gambling as shit, I always lose money. Well, yeah, but if you think of gambling as you're going to pay 20 bucks and spend an hour having fun playing cards. Free and drinks. And they give you free drinks. It's, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. That's, I'm, 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 the form of entertainment <laughs> isn't the gambling. It's that. Anyway, this has been the intermission. I'm Teague. Brian. Mike. Eddie. And this has been 30 Minutes and 3 Seconds. What up? Boom. You can't drop the mic. It's on a stand. But <laughs> yeah.